Hello, beautiful souls. It is Miranda here with Kayla G, and we're diving into her chart, going into some questions, some insights, some details, get to know her a little bit more. Um, she was on the previous podcast, so if you missed that, please go back and listen to her story. It was a beautiful, beautiful podcast with lots of info. You'll definitely learn from that, so go back and listen to that podcast if you haven't done so yet. Thank you for being here, Kayla. Thank you. I'm really excited to have this conversation and for you to give me some things to respond to. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, so by looking at your chart, I have a, the chart pulled up, everybody, So just so that you know. The first thing that I notice, and first I want to say, I also have a totally open Ajna, not the open rope though. So I would love to hear your story or perspective in learning about the open Ajna and throat and how that has either supported you or been difficult. Yes. I love this question because in our first episode, we talked about deconditioning. And I think that when I discovered what it meant to have so many undefined centers in my chart, like I have seven undefined centers, it's only my G and my sacral defined. I really realized how much I'm influenced by my environment. And so I think the first, it's funny because I think I've deconditioned my throat a lot in the sense that I can share a lot. Like I can, I speak wisdom. Like I have an easy time articulating myself. I have a podcast with like 300 episodes on it. Like it's just, that part's very easy to me. But with the Ajna, I think is where I've struggled more. And I think it's because we have the pressure center connected to it, right? So obviously I only have the 61 hanging out in there. But for me, the Ajna, what I noticed is if there's something that I'm not sure about, or if I don't know everything about it, it's very easy for somebody to convince me to agree with them or believe them. And I feel this pressure that if I don't agree or believe them, that it's it's like I, I feel like a fraud. Like it's very it's very weird. It's, it's very interesting how that can happen. And it's like what I've noticed is when I am having a conversation with someone, they're sharing their beliefs or their perspectives. I sometimes need to, when I go away from them or like I'm, I go to a different room or leave the conversation, I start to contemplate and I realize, well, actually, I don't really agree with that. Like, that's not how I see this. And I'm rather than needing to have certainty, I find that I can actually sit in uncertainty a lot easier. So specifically my fiance, he has a defined head and Ajna. So he's a wide split spleen to root defined head and Ajna. And when he really gets into his like, I need answers or what, like, what are you going to do about this? Or he has a lot of questions and he pressures me. It's very overwhelming. And so I find like, I've learned to be like, okay, we need to take a break from this conversation. And so boundaries have been really helpful for me as well in terms of like knowing, okay, this, I need to take a breather from this. And so that's been really good. And I find with the open throat is one thing that's really helped. I don't follow anyone on Instagram. I have zero no. followings and I haven't had, I haven't followed anyone on Instagram for almost a year and a half. And I find this been really good for my throat, Ajna and head, because then I'm not being influenced by what other people are doing. And I'm, I'm very much on my own creative energy. And I think that's allowed me to have my own voice and my own beliefs and perspectives and inspiration. So that's some of the examples of what I've, what I've experienced with having an undefined and open spaces in the top half of my chart. <laughs> I absolutely love that, that you don't follow anyone and you can see how that has supported you because especially with the 48 as well, you know, with the inadequacies of the 48 and the uncertainty there, that can be very difficult. So I love that you took on 
your, you made it inevitable that you could support yourself and you wouldn't be overwhelmed. And that's the, the magic of human design. When you see the open centers and you make those decisions, you're able to make decisions in a way that is aligned for you so that you support yourself so that you don't get overrun or you don't overthink. I love that you did that. What a great tip. Um, The other thing that I have noticed, and I would love to dive into your totally open will or G center, I'm sorry, will center or heart center. How has that affected you with the ebb and flow of willpower and the way that you be in your business? Yes. I think the biggest thing for me, the biggest shadow aspect that shows up for that is the proving energy. So for example, like being in the coaching industry, and I, let's say earlier on in my business, I, I don't do this now, but it's like early on in my business, I'd be like, okay, what are people pricing this at? Or how much, how many bonuses are they giving here? Like, how long is the container? What do they, like, I'd be very much like how much value is it that someone else is giving? And then I would feel that I would have to match that. But obviously with an open heart center, I would not have the consistent drive to fulfill on that. Or I would feel this kind of bitterness because like, I, I wouldn't feel recognized. I'd feel it this stuck in overdrive of having to prove myself. And so that's been really interesting for me where now I take my time when it comes to pricing things or with deciding like what it is that I'm going to be putting out there because I really want to make sure that it's going to be sustainable for me. And sometimes I have the capacity to offer more and sometimes I offer less depending on what's energetically available to me. And the other thing I noticed too is because the center has to do with integrity, I can, from a shadow perspective, if somebody has firm values in terms of what they think is integral in terms of running a business or doing things a certain way, I can get drawn into that and think, well, that's what I have to do too, because they said so, but that's on me to take responsibility. So what I notice is that I need to back away and I need to be like, okay, that's your version of integrity. Like I get to have my own and it's going to look different because I don't have the same definition as you. And even if I did have the same definition, we each have our own conditioning. Like there's so much nuance, right? But those are some of the things that I've noticed with having a completely open heart center. I love that with the integrity part, because, you know, um, with the amplification of the energies that we take in, a lot of the times we think about the higher frequency, like we're amplifying this, we're um, bringing this out into the world, but we also amplify the lower expressions when humanity as a whole is at the lower expression. So humanity as a whole amplifies the lower expression. So it's like we're feeding off the lower expressions, right? And it's and it's working on ourselves to get to that balance or the higher expression that sometimes, and of course, triggers come in and you fluctuate. That's the beauty. But I love that you made that point about the integrity part, about how their integrity is different than your integrity. I had never thought about that. That's a huge point. I really thank you for that. I love that. Um, also, I would love to go into the root because you have a lot of hanging gates in the root. And it is undefined. So how has that affected you? Because it's a pressure center. So how has that affected, especially with your undefined head as well? I know. It's so interesting. I feel like I have a lot of overwhelming aspects of my chart. And just so the listeners know, I have six hanging gates off of my root and three of them are double defined. So there's a lot of activation there. I find with me, the so the shadow side of this is not knowing like when to stop 
And like, I literally have to get everything done before I feel like I can rest. Like this is such a classic undefined root experience. On the contrary, when it's time to get things done, it's actually ridiculous how much I can do. Like I recently, when I was working on the Gene Keys business guide, I needed to do 64 recordings for the audio library. And I did it in four sittings, which for me is like, I needed to just get it done. So I would just go in and get it done. And so I find that that is, it can, I can kind of leverage this where let's say if I need to get things done one day, I can go to a cafe, plug into the energy that's there. Cause for sure I'm going to be activated by other people. And then when I come home, I can kind of literally unplug. So I, I, I like to leverage this, but then also I can catch myself when I'm like stuck in overdrive and I feel like I have to, you know, the open heart kicks in. It's like, I need to prove myself. I need to get all these things done. So all of the like open undefined centers are like, get it done, Kayla, we need to release the pressure. Like it could just be so dramatic, but there's like the plus side to it as well. And I think having that undefined as well, I really help people like slow the fuck down. Mm-hmm. It's like, whose pressure are you tapped into right now? If you don't have a defined route, right? So it's like, I like to have those conversations and help people like kind of pull back and check themselves and their own pressure and like their cyclical experiences of taking action or like evolving and so on. Yeah. And you did a great point there as well as too, because as people are learning about human design, how you are able to go to a cafe or another place where you're around different people so that they energetically with electromagnetics can support you in a way that you need to get things done. But then also the awareness of that is a borrowed energy. And then it's important for you to go and rest and degenerate or release all of that energy. So having that time and space alone is so important, but leveraging And having that awareness is very powerful. It's like, oh, let me borrow this. Let me get this done. And then I get to home to go home and relax and let this go. So I love that. That's a great point as well. I would love to go a little bit into um, your incarnation cross and the energy that you're here to be, you know, because the incarnation cross is really the earth elements are really here to ground you. And since you do have the open root and the open head or undefined root and undefined head. I would love to um, ask you, how do you stay grounded so that you do you pull in those earth gates to make sure that you really stay grounded so that you're in the energy that you're here to be? How do you use the earth great gates to support you? Yeah, so I find the sixth, so the 6.6 in my conscious earth, the six is hanging out in the emotional solar plexus. And I find that when it comes to conflict, which is the shadow of this gate, that I really... I think because actually I noticed this a lot, the six reaching for the 59 and 59 and that whole channel being the channel of meeting also just being that 59, it has to do with transparency and honesty. I noticed that I value that immensely when it comes to my relationships, like transparency and being honest is just, is so important to me. And so I noticed that when I'm in conflict, I I seek to resolve it. Like I'm like, okay, how can we be lit quite literally be diplomatic and be able to resolve this and collaborate and have this connection together so that we can come to this experience of peace. Because that's something that it's that I find this in conflict with people. But then I also find when I look at it from a business lens, because I like to look at the incarnation cross from the activation sequence in the gene keys, right? Because that's that's another way to process it. And I find, okay, Kayla, if I'm experiencing conflict in my life and in my business, where am I lacking core stability? Where is it that I can reevaluate like how I'm showing up, how I'm responding to my environment as a sacred generator so that I can come back to this, this place of peace. So it really has to do with 
how I'm connecting with others, how I'm connecting with myself. And as a sixth line, really paying attention to whatever it is that I'm learning. Like I love to share that and role model it to my people in life. So that's my, that's my conscious experience of the earth. Did you want me to talk about the 15 in the unconscious side? Yes, definitely. Because you also have the five and you have that channel. So I would love to know how you handle that channel of the consistency and flow together. Yes. So the 15 in my unconscious earth, which is known as my purpose, fear and the gene keys, like this is really like when I am settled in, relaxed into my body, like I'm here to share the gift of magnetism, right? And and really fluorescence. And it's like, how, how, like, what does that even mean? So one of the things that I love to do is looking at how it's in the G-Center. The G-Center has to do with identity, sense of direction, and lovability. And so when I look at my commitment and interest of like resolving conflict and being diplomatic and having that peace with people and myself. And then I look at like Kayla with the dullness, the way that I interpret this is like, it's a lack of polarity because with polarity is what causes magnetism. So when I look at the shadow in my, my earth and my purpose, and it's like, okay, well, in my body, like if I'm feeling dullness, if I'm feeling lame for lack of a better word, like where, where can I kind of push the limits and go to the extreme? Cause this is also the gate of extreme to cause a polarity and a shift. So when I consider the 515 channel, which is the only conscious channel that I have in my chart, I find that I'm very good at finding a rhythm. And once I find a rhythm, I hate being interrupted, which is like such a classic, like here's an example. I, I love CrossFit. And I, I noticed the workouts that require like an AMRAP or you like you do several cycles or you have to do something for a certain amount of time. And it's like, this is what you're doing. I'm like, okay. And I can find a pace and I can just keep going. And so I noticed that I can play with this, finding a rhythm in the extremes. But what I also noticed is that I have the ability to sit in the extreme. If I'm in like a massive turbulence in my business, like I have a willingness to sit there because I know that if I can experience that challenge and I can also experience the opposite spectrum of like the joy and the success that comes from learning from that challenge. So that's kind of my experience of the 515 and the five in particular patients, which is in my moon is is like what drives me. Like I, I bring this to my fiance. This channel is a dominance channel for him. He doesn't have it. So I really bring that patience and I help him with finding his limits with extremes because I have this channel consciously within me. So that's kind of an example of how it can impact other people who don't have it as well. Yeah. So as you guys are listening, you're probably like, oh my goodness, how does she connect at such a deep level? And you know, She mentioned, how long have you been studying human design now? Well, I've only been studying human design since it's been two years. Yeah. So it's been two years she's been studying this and just notice how much awareness she's already learned and what she's integrated, implemented, and then bringing out into the world. This is the power of human design and the gene keys. It really helps you step into who you are, let go of all the things that you're not and really know and be more bold. Because when you know, you just know, you see it. And then you're like, oh, I knew that, even though I didn't know that I knew that until now, right? So if you guys are listening and you're like, oh my goodness, she knows so much, two years, like this can really support you. So if you're interested in learning more, definitely get your chart, go into your chart here. Um, I would also love, the last thing I would love to connect with is your arrows 
three of them are to the right and one of them is to the left. So it's more passive, right? So how do you feel about those arrows? And what was the shift for you when you started bringing the awareness of the arrows into your life in business? Yeah. So the bottom left being my environment, what I noticed is that I I love to be in an environment where I feel activated. Like I feel like I'm energized, like it's inspiring and it's giving me energy. So it's something that, you know, for example, like in my office, I'm like surrounded by a ton of plants. And like, I really love having essential oils. Like I love to be stimulated by my environment, but I find that having a two line being a six, two profile that I need to be like, ha- to have my own space. And I think it also has to do with the fact that I'm a single definition that can really play into like, I don't need to plug into other people. Right. So with the others being right facing, one thing that I've really noticed, and I think it's also my unconscious two line being a six two, is I'm extremely receptive. I notice that I can learn very easily by observing other people. And it's fascinating because I'm a six two and my fiance is a six three. And he's really somebody like that three line is very experimentative. So he's like, needs to hands on experiment things to like learn where I can really witness like what someone's going through, how they're sharing something, how they're doing something. And it just naturally sticks to me. But then the contrast is obviously I don't remember like very specific things, but like when it comes to feelings, because that's my cognition, those are the things that stick with me. And I have a very, very like peripheral, like wide way of explaining what it is that I know without knowing like the specific numbers or specific details of what it is that I'm sharing. So it's, it's interesting because there's like the bonuses and the culprits of having that like receptivity in my chart. And I find that also having so many undefined and open centers is also very receptive. So it's just, it's a lot of learning, I feel like is what shows up for me. Yeah. A lot of embodiment, right? Repetition, embodiment, so that you fully integrate it into your body and then you know it do you find that sometimes because I have the totally open Ajna as well so I have a hard time retaining things I also have the same with the arrows so I do have a hard time retaining things sometimes unless I fully embody it I have to practice and repeat so do you feel like you have to do that as well I do. And I think that I'm also a visual person, like just in general, like let's say when I was studying human design, like I was such a note taker, which is funny because typically that wouldn't really be like a right arrow thing to do. But visually, I I remember the highlighting of things or the color of the sticky notes of where I had information. So I go and I look there. But if you ask me what page number or like what exactly was written on the page, like I, once I see it, then I can remember. So I feel like that's kind of an open Ajna thing as well, where it's like, oh, if I see it, it all, it all kind of comes flooding back. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, is there anything else that you just want to share with us that you want us to know about you and what you bring to this world or how you be in this world? I think one thing I want to share with people and it's kind of like a paradox. It's not really about me. It's just in general. It's interesting because the irony is that your definition does not define you. And so we're looking at my human design chart and we're having this conversation and you're asking me these questions and I'm sharing my experiences. And the thing is, there could be people listening to this who have similar definition and aspects of their chart to me, but they're going to be, they're going to have a very different story. And so I feel like when, when you learn about human design or you dive into the gene keys, just continue to have an open mind and just be curious and humble yourself and remember that it's an experiment because that's, that is where we find the freedom in using these systems 
as entrepreneurs, as parents, as creators, whatever it is. So I feel like that's just kind of the last thing I wanted to say, because I don't want people to listen to this and be like, oh, because I have an open Ajna, this is what's going to happen, because that's not the truth for everyone. Again, that's a very open Ajna thing to say, which is kind of (laughs) hilarious, but... I love that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because everyone has their own experiences, conditioning, beliefs, you know, it's all about the deconditioning as well, the way that you experience it. And that's the gift. We're all so unique. So I love that you put that out there. Again, um, everyone, I will have all the information in the show notes for her. If you did not listen to the previous episode, please do so. I feel like we've got to know you a little bit more with having these episodes. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. Appreciate everything that you bring to this world and grateful that we're on this journey together and that we got to meet one another. So thank you so much. Anything else? Any last words? I just want to thank the listeners for joining this conversation. And I hope that you got some takeaways and that the most important thing is that you feel empowered by your design and just continue to be curious. So thank you so much, Miranda, for having me on. And I'm, I'm really excited to, to share this wisdom with everyone. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone.